Dear Stranger and Friend, where one guy tries to be better to the people he barely knows. Let's get into it. Hey everybody, this week we are talking to my friend Alex. Um, she's a very smart, funny person. Um, we used to hang out a lot back in the day, so I was really glad we got to catch up. We ended up talking a lot about video games and movies, though, which was a little weird, but I enjoyed it. It was one of the few intellectual conversations about media that I've gotten to have in the past couple of years. Um, and since I mentioned that, one of the movies that we talk about in depth is The Lobster with Colin Farrell. So if you haven't seen that movie, here's a spoiler alert. I don't want to get like, hey man, why did you spoil that movie? It doesn't really matter, but there's your alert. You, now you know. I'm sorry. We spoiled it, but thank you, Alex, for doing this. Thank you guys for listening, and I hope you enjoy the episode. What's up? Hey. Hey. How are you doing? Good. What's that? I missed a little bit of that. Is it not working? Oh, uh, you're breaking up a little bit, yeah. Okay, I'll go in the house. Okay. I'm sorry I'm ruining your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You're not ruining anything. Cool. Alright, so where are you living now? I um I just moved back home. This is my, my home. These these this is uh blinds. Usually I'm in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Where there's a painting, and <laughs> so I realized I never like we hung out a lot, and I never really knew where you went home to when you left school. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. Well, I knew you went to New Jersey. No, I'm not in Jersey. I'm in New York. What the hell? Did you buy cigarettes in New Jersey? Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I'm in suburban New York, and um, I lost I lost my coffee cup, so now I'm drinking a beer instead. Oh my god, I'm without coffee and beer right now. I woke uh, up with a nap, and I was frantically like, oh my god, I have to talk to Paul. <laughs> it's okay. So how have you been? Good. I'm actually, uh, my friend Katie and I are house-sitting for a professor in Providence. So we are just like pretending that we live in this really nice house with all these really nice things. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, it's really fun. But I had the the one problem is I just haven't been grocery shopping. So I've been like kind of using their food. And today I made pasta with diced tomatoes and pinto <laughs> beans. I'm just, oh, nice. I'm like a gross pantry person. <laughs> that doesn't sound bad at all. That it sounds wasn't, pretty good. It was, uh, well, the beans were a bad idea because they just don't taste like anything, and I can't make Italian food, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's all right. Can you hear me all right? Am I yeah, good? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Am I good? Yeah, you're perfect. I am cool. just um, unsure if I could even hear myself. My throat is kind of gone. I just, like, came back from Philly yesterday morning to see, like, mm -hmm. punk band play. You know how that goes, just like screaming about stuff. Were you yelling? <laughs> yeah, really, really loud. So it's kind of like hard to talk. But it's okay. <laughs> I so, put it on myself. Besides that, what have you been doing? I feel like I was telling someone about like what 
I, I was talking to Katie before I got on the phone, and I was just like, oh, I know he's been, like, fucking around the world or doing shit like that, but I don't really know what you've been doing. I just know via, like, Instagram and Facebook. Um, I've... I worked for a company, a startup company, that hired me to write about movies and video games, and they flew me out to Korea. Hold on. Let me turn this over a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, they flew me out to Korea, so that's how I got there, and then then to California, and then we all got laid off. So mm-hmm. then now I'm back in New York. Yeah. Hmm. That's pretty much the short version of it, of what mm-hmm. I've been doing. I've also, um, and like, after finding out I got laid off, I also, like just traveled i like went to arizona and stuff and san diego la all that so that's been a fun experience for me anyway like it's been super cool to just do that yeah that's like oh i mean going from korea to like arizona (laughs) i can't really imagine that but also that job sounds like your dream and i'm sad you got laid off yeah, it was it was good. I enjoyed doing it. I was like really quick with my work, so really um and not many people I guess know this, but now everyone will, but it took me like three <laughs> hours to to finish my actual days of work and then I would just like be on YouTube for the next like six or seven hours until everyone was like, We're done now. I was like, Yeah. Okay. That's like I feel like that's any work in front of a computer. Like I did some work doing like marketing for this law firm when I was in Portland and they gave me two monitors and I was just like okay this one is for your like excel bullshit that takes me five (laughs) seconds and this one is for whatever I want to do and then on my phone I was like what's up with that Amy Schumer show (laughs) download the Hulu app and watch that (laughs) that's so great oh my goodness so what have you been up to since um since Manhattanville yeah um, oh, oh, we should say that too. Like we went to school together. That's we how we know each other. School in Purchase, New York, but not at SUNY Purchase, which is what everyone asks when I say yeah. <laughs> Purchase. I'm like, think of it more like White Plains. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Um, were you there? Well, so one question. I want to know how the rest of your time in Manhattanville was. Oh, it was. Um. um Kind of shitty. I actually, like, talked a little bit about this. Well, not shitty in the sense where, like, I hated it, but it was just weird because you guys graduated, and then all of a sudden I I didn't have a circle of friends to hang out with. Let's just be clear about the, the friends, too, because it's, like, yeah. such a lady world. It's, yeah. It was, like, if just correct me if I'm wrong, but when you say circle of friends, I'm thinking, like, me, Lisi, Krista, Colleen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I was actually on the phone with Lisi the other day, with doing this. Yeah. Oh, cool! I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, where I was essentially saying the same thing, like, so you guys, gra- and then I just, you guys graduated, and then I just never hung out as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Like very few and far between. Like I, I know I did, and I like, I know I tried to go to parties and stuff and mm-hmm. do that whole thing, but. To be completely honest, I really just, like, went to class and then went home. Yeah. I remember, um, I forget who it was, but they told me, like, after seeing me, like, at an event or something, like, we thought you just, like, dropped out or left. Like, we don't, <laughs> we never saw you again. But, yeah, so that's what it was. And, um, 
as you know, I was dating, um, Audrey. Yeah. And, uh, she went to purchase in purchase. So my, my, uh, why am I at a loss for words? My, um, college experience went from like that first year of hanging out with you guys all the time, then to just hanging out at purchase. Mm -hmm. So it was like, that was cool. I had like two different college experiences. Um, yeah. No, yeah. I I felt the same way. There was like before I met all of you guys cuz I only met all of those girls my senior year and before that I was just like I hate this school. What am I doing? And I had a friend that went to purchase and like through her I sort of like met a lot of people over there and I was like, "Oh, like Security isn't driving around constantly. We're not, like, in this weird, like, daycare prison. Despite <laughs> the fact that it's designed for, like, tanks to roll through, it just, like, doesn't feel, like, as shitty. And I was like, oh, people can just, like, do whatever they want. And everyone sort of, like, looks more like my vibe, which is whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. It was as superficial as just visually being able to be like, I don't stand out here. But I definitely did it in Manhattanville. You definitely did it in Manhattanville. And yeah. It was weird. Yeah, super, super weird. Um, <laughs> Do you remember I... how Brian loved us slash hated us? Oh, yeah. That's our history guy, right? <laughs> yeah, he was our, he had the little, he had like no thumb and he taught us all about the Reconstruction era. And he just like loved us. But I remember one time Katie and I went into his office and he was like, have you guys heard of Banksy? <laughs> and we were like, yeah. He's like, I just watched a documentary on Banksy, and oh my god, he's amazing. And we're like, uh, you're like not even that old, but <laughs> how do you not know these things? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's great. That, yeah, that's awesome. I remember like even um, telling him about like Titus Andronicus, just for like, because he's like totally oh, yeah. into into that um, Civil War stuff. He was like, I really like that. Didn't he ask us about, or you, he asked one of us about, like, do you listen to the tallest man on earth or something? Didn't he say that? Yeah, he asked the tallest man on earth. We're like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, I know you're just, like, getting indie or whatever, and you're a really cool professor, but no, I do not listen to the tallest man on earth. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, how is, um,. How how has life been for you after after college? Oh yeah. So what did I do? I graduated and I worked for a like little newspaper in Maine. I was the online editor, so I got to work from home. And I did that for about two years, mm -hmm. and then I I got laid off in October two thousand fourteen, and Whoa. they. They'd let me know at the beginning of the month. And so I was like, okay, great. Well, like, hopefully I'll, I'll have a job by the end of the month. And, yeah. But then I was like, I'm going, before I apply for jobs, I'm going to apply to MFA programs for writing. Uh -huh. And so I decided to do that. And then I got into Brown University. So I'm in Providence right now. Oh, whoa, cool. Yeah. And I spent the rest of the year in Portland kind of, like, doing odd jobs. And then that's how I ended up with the gig to work for a few months for 
like that law firm. And mm. then I got here in September 2015. And oh, wow. Here, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been really, really cool. Holy smokes. That's, that's so cool, because I don't really know anything that goes on anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't really either, and I haven't, you know, I didn't make it very far. I'm like, how many, I'm like three hours from Portland, but it's cool. How, how are you liking that? So you're in school then, right? Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a, it's a, the MFA program, so it's just a two-year graduate degree. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the fiction part. There's poetry and fiction, and then digital language arts, which I know very little about. Um, yeah. It's like avant-garde computer speak. So, oh my god! Yeah, I nobody can listen to this because I did not explain it well enough. It's just not like my thing. Yeah, but, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so I've just been. It's really it's a cool program because you take your workshop and an elective the Mm -hmm. first year and it's just those two things it's really nice and then in the fall i'll do that again like workshop elective and it can be in any department and um and i'll also start teaching i'm gonna be teaching freshmen oh my gosh (laughs) no there are people that have to listen to me that's awesome that's so yeah. cool. I'm so proud of oh, you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I did. That's great. Holy smokes. So you're going to be like a professor mm-hmm. then? I th- Yeah, I think <laughs> I'm getting more comfortable with the idea that that's... Because I keep being like, well, I'm kind of like not... I think I'm something like a fellowship. I don't, yeah. I don't really know. But I could make them call me like professor if I wanted, is the bottom line. <laughs> you should. I think that'd be really cool. <laughs> Yeah, I'll experiment with that. (laughs) Um, This is a really weird question, and it's not personal or even important. Okay. But, like, uh, have you been keeping up with this, like, NBA free agency stuff? (laughs) Are you talking about Kevin Durant? No, I mean, like, just stuff that's happening on the East Coast. Because, like, Boston is a whole new team, and, like, the Bulls are a whole new team, and the Knicks are a whole new team. Hmm. And that's like, no. So you I haven't? Have, no, I haven't. What's going on? Uh, Can you tell me? Um, Derek Rose is on the Knicks now. Um, I didn't know that. And Joe no So it's like the Bulls are on the Knicks, and then I think Rondo's on the Bulls with Dwayne Wade. And something happened with Boston that I couldn't remember, which I was hoping that you could tell me about. Because I remember the last time, one of the last times we talked about basketball, it was like New York and Boston were playing. We were just like mad at each other a little bit, like via Instagram. Were we? I don't remember. <laughs> Paul, I gotta tell you, like, I have dropped off in terms of basketball. I'm trying to get into football now. Yeah. What's your team? Uh, I think it's the New England Patriots, just because of, like, regional... Um, yeah. Stuff. Oh my god, this is where I'm really exposing what a, like, fake I am. Um, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but yeah, so, like, okay, so here's the thing. Um, I... I don't know how I'm able to do this, but for a while I was really into basketball and I think it was only because of the Celtics. And I think it was because in like a weird soap opera way, I was like, these are my favorite characters. I love these guys. Yeah. 
Because, like, who who didn't love Ray Allen and who didn't love when he was, like, with Rondo and Kevin Garnett and yeah. Paul Pierce yeah. and they were doing their fucking thing and I'm just like everybody else. But <laughs> that made it interesting for me. And I think that when I... I think following sports is good. It gave me something to do. It's kind of like a TV show, but you don't actually have to watch anything. You can just, like, read about it, essentially. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know. I guess I just didn't, like, do it anymore. But this past year, um, I got a little more into following football. I don't think, it, like, if you pressed me on it, I don't think I could watch. say I watched a single game except for the Super Bowl. <laughs> Like, I watch sports in a way that I would never cop to it in a public space. Oh, okay. I'm a little bit the same. I mean, I totally feel that. Like, the the fun of basketball, or for me anyway, is like the little storyline about it. And like, you know, you're talking about how you love, love the Celtics, but I'm like, ah, oh, I love the Knicks at this time because they were all just a bunch of dudes that were like, nah, no one's going to like them. And then they made it to the playoffs, and it was like this huge thing. Hmm. And it made me feel really good. For some reason, I don't know what, and, like, I felt very personal feelings about it. Like, when they yeah. lost, it really hurt. And I was like, but these are, like, my friends. <laughs> you know and, what I mean? And I think that's interesting to hear you say, because it's, like, it's something that, like, literally everybody expresses when they like sports. But when you, when someone feels that, like, in spite of themselves... Like, oh, I'm not this kind of, like, person, and, like, I don't follow things in this way, and I still can't help feel the same things, or things in the neighborhood of somebody who follows it religiously. Yeah. Um, and I, one, it's, like, very uh, flashbacky that you asked me about basketball, because I was like, why are you asking me about basketball? And I was like, no, like, we talked about that. Yeah. yeah like, that's that the thing. That was our back in the day thing yeah one yeah. thing i one thing i do really remember and like i've taken with me up to like this point is um because <laughs> we had like the same schedule and we had um ryan in the morning and then we had mm -hmm. like nothing until later and oh like, yeah one of the things i remember we would do all the time which i was like i have to do this even when i'm alone was like we just like play guitar you know? Yeah. And just, yeah. like, hand it back and forth for, like, an hour and be like, okay, now let's go get coffee or something. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And I'm no. like, this is the only way I'm going to get better if I do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, I haven't played guitar in a long time, namely because I, like, haven't been, like, with any, like, with any man recently that owns a guitar. Um, but <laughs> I have my own. But at this house... There are two. And oh, sick. Yeah, and they're all tuned up. Like, there's a 12-string and just, like, a regular acoustic guitar. And I played for the first time the other day, and I was actually thinking about that. I was like, I get, like, I definitely played, like, in Portland a little bit, but I certainly haven't been, like, playing really to learn anything new. And I sort of tried to do that, and I was just yeah. like, it's been so long that I... I'm very good at playing guitar badly in the way that I always have, but... And so, like, the skills that you do learn just kind of sit there, but I, yeah. like... In order to get better, it just seems like it would be such an undertaking, and I just, like, I'm not going to be one of those people who plays guitar, is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good realization. I 
had like the same thing, but also like with the opposite effect where it's like, yeah, I'll just keep doing this for nobody. <laughs> It'll make me feel okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Are you still recording stuff? Um, yeah, just like on my phone. I'm not like, I never really like, um, market it. I guess, like, that's such a shitty way to, like, talk about your art. Like, even with this, when I was, like, on Facebook, like, can you please listen to me talk to my friends? I was like, I don't want to be doing this. This fucking sucks. Like <laughs> Yeah, but I was, I mean, I was, I was talking to Katie again about you a little bit, and I was like, yeah, I know he was writing for a while, but, but, like, with, this podcast thing makes sense to me because with the sort of colloquial tone you like to use in a lot of the writing you did, I feel like, like, as soon as you said you were doing this, I was like, oh, that makes sense. That's what Mark Maron does. Like, and I <laughs> Oh, get, my gosh. I get that Mark Maron is, like, a paid comedian or whatever, but this has been, like, the thing that made me finally listen to Mark Maron. Because I was like, I'm not going to, like, get into him any other way. And yeah. I feel like, and I'm biased also because you and I like hung out a lot and we talked a lot. So I was mm-hmm. like, well, if I like talking to Paul, I'm sure other people do. And maybe even people like listening to Paul talk to other people, which I've actually never done. So I'll yeah. have the other episodes. Please. Uh, I don't know. It's a little embarrassing, but it's no, okay. I'm going to do it. And definitely I'm going to listen to Lucy. And I think that's what helps. Like if somebody else that doesn't know you knows the other person, and they'll listen to that. You know, like, I think they're, like, talking about marketing. I can't help but start, like, thinking about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, the people that you talk to, I'm sure they all have someone in their lives. It's like, oh, I'd, like, love to hear the way you talk to somebody that isn't me. Yeah. But but it's, like, it's so based on, I, at least for a while, I imagine it's going to be based on people in your life or in the other person's who just like listening to one or both of you and eventually like the podcast oh no awkward silence time i'll edit this part out hi user error that's okay so where did i get cut off you got cut off at uh, people talking about, or people listening to me talk to other people. Okay, people so basically, to, yeah. basically, as it is now, I see it as something that, like, for example, like, my friend might want to be like, oh, I want to hear you on a podcast, but they don't, like, know shit about you. Or, like, your friend will be like, oh, I want to listen to you talk to these people, but, like, not really give a shit about the people you're talking to. But I think one thing that would be interesting is, like, if you start to hit a groove where you're like, oh, these questions really make people sort of think about stuff. And, like, the questions that you ask that guarantee an interesting chemical thing or whatever between you and the other person will eventually be your angle. And, like, that's what the podcast will be. But, like, you're guinea pigging right now. And that's totally yeah. It's, um, I really like it. I, it's almost like, I feel like what I'm doing now is, um, and it's weird to talk about it on the thing and other people are listening to it, the whole like mission statement of this thing, you know? Whatever. It's got to come out somehow. Yeah. Um, but I just want to like get better at talking to people. 
So this is like. So why is that? Like, do you? So you feel like you're bad at it? I mean, at least like with strangers, not so much because it's easy for me to be like, oh, I'll never talk to these people again. But like, one thing I guess I really regret about myself to get kind of deep and personal about it is that I make really good friends, um, like mm-hmm. you included. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, when it becomes difficult to keep that friendship, I kind of just drop out and like, I don't try. Like I try even less than whether the other person is trying or not. I'm just like, okay. Like, uh, and it make it mostly because of like this weird, awkward thing that I have where it's like, it's going to be too hard. They probably don't want to talk to me. And it's like more of a mental thing um, where I get really inside of myself and assume that these friends that I made are just like, oh, that was like, I've been friends with them for a while. So fuck it. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. I get like, I don't know what it is, but like, I get really, really down about it. Like sometimes I stay up and I'm like, which I'm really glad I'm talking to you now because we did hang out a lot. And, like, same with Lisey and everybody. Like, I got to mm-hmm. talk to Lisey, at least. And it's just, like, there were times, especially over, like, the past couple of years where we weren't talking, where I was, like, this is embarrassing. But, like, really sad. Like, almost on the verge of tears. Like, man, I really wish I was still friends with them. These are the people that I miss. Not anyone else, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. I feel like I'm about to cry right now, and I'm making it so weird. I'm so sorry. Here. No, dude, you're not making it weird. Just... It's totally cool, and I get it because it's, like, there's so much pressure to normalize distance with all the, like, shit that's available to communicate. Like, we have Facebook, we have, like, FaceTime, like, we could do all this stuff, but so much of friendship is, and, like, really deep friendship is based on spending, like, extended amounts of time in an environment and like moving in that environment together every day, which is what we did. We did that. And, and that's where, and that's where a lot of talking happens, but that doesn't mean that's where like the friendship stays. Like, I feel like I could talk to you like anytime you wanted to, because even though like we are not like in that anymore, like I understand like pretty much how you move through the world. We just like went around on campus and like into white plains, but I like know what you think of people unless you yeah. change like pretty drastically. I pretty much know like how you're going to react to stuff. I feel totally comfortable talking to you because again, like it'll become apparent to me if you've like really changed but yeah, it is it is weird to be like, oh, I'm going to force a regular conversation for the sake of the fact that I know we can have a regular conversation if we're in this environment. And the fact is, you could probably text me every day and I'd probably like text back and forth with you for like half an hour if you wanted. Like yeah. like every now and then I'd drop my phone and like go do something else, but like if if you texted me and you were like, yo, what do you think of, like, um, fucking Bernie Sanders endorsing Hillary Clinton? I'd be like, well, this is what I think. Yeah. And if I were, and I, I know, and, like, obviously I could do this too, if I were to text you and be like, oh, what's another, like, cool current event? <laughs> if I were to text you 
but that isn't too crazy. No, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. What if I? What if? What if I were to text you and be like, "What do you think about like the Dallas police shooting?" You'd probably tell me. Yeah. And, like, and or you'd be like, "I don't know. Like, I have to Google it or whatever." But I wouldn't have to Google that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I I'd have to Google Bernie endorsing Hillary because I haven't brought myself to like actually watch that video because I can't. Yeah. But, like it, and that's so fucked up too. I can watch a video. Of, like, someone pretty much getting killed at this point, but I can't watch, like, Bernie and Doris Hillary. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so that's an admission. Yeah. Um, but but it's, like, there are, there are almost, like, too many things to talk about, too many ways to do it, and it puts pressure on doing or bringing up or bringing up something over the, the correct, like, media that best recaptures what we enjoyed most about our face-to-face interactions. And that's just like not going to happen until we hang out again, which like life is crazy and who knows when that will be. Right. Um, but that being said, if you are ever like bummed out or like, just want to like send me a gif of like the Olsen twins or something, like, you can obviously do that. I'm not, like, living such a radically different life, and I'm not such a radically different person that I'm going to be like, who the fuck is Paul? I know Yeah. Him. It's just, it's like a, a weird thing. I always get really weirded out um, by it, and I, like, almost, like, there's part of me that's, like, about this podcast in general, like, oh, it would be cool if it got popular, but really I'm just using it as an excuse to talk to people. I'm not Mm -hmm. caring about it. And, like, there's something about that, and I don't know what it is in my brain, that's, like, you, like, my my brain or my mind tells me, you can't talk to this person because they probably won't want to talk to you. You're a shitty dude. Your anxiety is killing you. And, like, all this stuff, like, all that mental health stuff. Mm -hmm. But then when that's just like, what if I do a podcast, though? Then it's just like, yeah, maybe they'll say, like, that's okay. Like, if it's not about me, then it's better. If that makes sense. Even though I'm talking about me a lot right now, and it's really, that's really weird. Yeah, well, I, I kind of, <laughs> I mean, there, I, I explicitly asked you to do that. So I can see yeah. that sort of, like, caveat, too. It's like, well, like, I'm going to be asked about myself in a way that is going to generate a real like I I get that there's a premise here that makes you not uncomfortable about being asked about yourself yeah um but so I have a question actually of course go for it do you have a therapist Mm, mm -mm. no I don't I haven't had one maybe even since before we met I haven't been to therapy since I was like 19 or 20 Did it, did you like it? I did. I liked parts of it. The parts I didn't like about it is that I was like talking about my dad all the time. I don't know if I like, but I guess that's like par for the course, but, Mm -hmm. um, I did like it and then I wanted to keep going and then something, I, I forget what the exact thing was. But it all, like, happened at the same time where I stopped going and then I got off medication, which is something that, like, I really wish I didn't do. Mm-hmm. Because um, right now there are, like, days where I think about, like, 
man, I really need to get back on this stuff or, mm-hmm. uh, or else something horrible. Um, but I can't really afford it right now. So I'm like in this weird, got to keep busy, got to stay up, got to like mm-hmm. just do things so I don't uh, crumble under the weight of my uh, own existence. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, go do you yeah. have a person? Do you have somebody you hang out with? Um, what do you mean? Like a best friend? <laughs> I guess I mean my best friend. I mean like somebody that you could at any point turn to and be like, I'm feeling like really fucking down today. Um, yes and, and no. That's like a real different kind of, that's a real weird thing. Cause, um, there were a lot of times for me, I think in California where I would like, this is also kind of embarrassing, but I don't care. Um, like, <laughs> like cry a little bit, like before mm-hmm. I went to bed because I felt so alone. But like, it wasn't about like, oh, I miss my family, I miss my parents, I miss my friends. It's like, there's all this shit happening. I don't have anyone to talk to. Um, the people in my life that I used to talk about it with, they have become so overwhelmingly busy that I'm like. Like, a lot of my good friends now, like, one of them is in Australia, so it's like, talking to him is just, like, a chore sometimes. Not that I don't like talking to him, but it's just, like... The time difference. Yeah. And, and usually what we do is, like, we talk at, like, 2 or 3 in the morning, um, at least since I got back to New York, so I'd have to, like, stay up, and it's like, okay, so my whole next day I know is going to be, like, screwed up because I'm talking to him. But it's okay. Like, it's worth it. But we really just like making jokes, and then... My one really, really good friend has moved to Philadelphia, um, and he's just, like, constantly working, and he's in school to be a pharmacist, so it's like, he doesn't really have the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I don't think it's, like, his fault or anything. I know he'd be there, but, like, before seeing him two days ago, two nights ago, I haven't, I probably haven't talked to him on the phone for longer than 20 minutes and, like... A couple of months because we and like before then we used to have like three hour conversations like every other week on the phone yeah. just about stuff and um i don't know if i'm being like a complainy baby about it but it's just like no you're like you're feeling adrift and that's totally normal i mean yeah. which doesn't make it better but like it's not something that you're complaining about so much as i think you're just describing um have you so just like throwing some stuff in the air and seeing what lands, whatever. Um, mm. Have you thought about moving to the city? Um, yeah, I have. Uh, a lot of like some of the weird stuff, like especially about doing this and like w- what I want to do with my life after doing that sort of just writing about movies and video games thing. Which, like, you know, you said it earlier, like, oh, it sounds like it was a dream. But after a while, it's just like, oh, I don't like this. Like, I don't want to be... Yeah, like, I... Like, and I mean, and you know me, like, I play a bunch of fucking video games all the time. And just, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have a good time doing it. But these days, it's more like, it, I've done it so much, like, for work, that when I turn on a video game system, like, which mm. I own, I'm like, oh, God, you know? 
and it's yeah. it's and not that like I hate what I'm playing, but it's like my my regular like my video game setting in my brain now isn't like let's have fun. It's like let's talk about this game or think about this game in a way that people don't think about video games. Like I stopped playing a like a couple of video games just because I was tired of playing as a white guy. And I'm purposely only playing as one because the, the main character is an Asian American. And then I purposely now don't play games where you can't make your own guy or girl because I want to reflect who I am. And I don't want to play as like fucking um, big shaved head white guy all yeah. the time. And like the game I only really go back to is like just playing this fucking basketball video game because I get to see my name on a jersey. You know what I mean? Like, I'm never going to see, like, you know, a name like that on a jersey. Um, yeah, or, like, when you think about what a, a, what a what an actual fantasy is for a video game, it's like, yeah, why would one, like, want to be a giant white dude, like, killing people? Like, it seems cool yeah. to be, like, a basketball player. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, man, this is great. And then, like, they do weird things in the game where it's like, you could do an endorsement deal or not. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going <laughs> to. Well, like, I'm going to take less money or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you just live yeah. your own career out. And it's, yeah. and I have more fun doing that than, say, like, like you said, like, just killing people. Like, I'm, I'm tired of that. I'm so tired. It's, like, weird. You hear, like, and you mentioned the Dallas police shooting. And I don't want to get too much into, like, that kind of stuff. But, like. All these violent things are happening in real life. And then, like, my brain is, like, talks to me, like, if I had two voices in my head. It's just like, do you really want to go and turn on a game where you shoot other people now? Like, yeah. is that, like, what you want to do? Because this is happening for real, and you see, like, the pain and, like, all the shootings, everything that's happened over the past hey, couple yeah. months. It's like, is that what you want to do? Like, is that really, like, the thing that'll get you off right now? And yeah. most of the time it's like, oh, I can't even bring myself to do it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I can't really... Yeah, I mean, and there must be people... Guaranteed there are people that are... That the answer to that question... And... I, I don't You cut out really... for like a hot second. I'm sorry. Oh, Oh no, that's okay. I was saying that there are people, there are people in like real life, probably that I know, who would answer that question like, yes, and I don't. But but it's weird because I do see sort of a rise in, in a or, or not a rise, but a return to games that are a little more benign. Like I do see more like sports games or people being like, I want to play like Mario and like people playing fucking all the Pokemon shit. It's like yeah. People are scared of, like, where games went, I think. And there's this... Like, I I remember, like, recently people got really excited. They're like, oh, like, you can play, like, all these old games, like Zelda and shit, just, like, on your computer. Yeah. And, and people... I think that there's sort of a... There's a gap in, like, what consumers were on a trajectory to be interested in. And what actually happened, like, as a result 
of the world. I think that we really, like, I don't think that this nostalgia thing was as inevitable as it now seems. Like, we mm-hmm. definitely were on a trajectory to, like, go over the Uncanny Valley or, like, through it or something into, like, virtual reality, like, super violent, like, inhabiting these roles. But, like, I think that real life got in the way a little bit and, yeah. like, turned enough stomachs that now... I, I never see and and I'm not the demographic, so I could be missing all these ads and shit. But I used to see ads for like, look how real and violent this is, and I do not see yeah. ads anymore. Yeah, that's. I think that's a a true thing. Sorry, I had to burp, but um, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like all. Um, it's weird that we're talking about video games on this thing, but like all the <laughs> games that like really. Uh, get me off now are like um like micromanaging bullshit games where it's just like i'm not killing anybody i'm just trying to run a business here like you know what i mean yeah i'm trying, to, like, I'm trying to be an upstanding citizen <laughs> yeah and like there's one that got really popular that came out while i was working which i had to write about a lot um called stardew valley and the whole premise of the game is like oh you move to this new town and you become a farmer and then maybe you get married maybe you don't it's all up to you. It's like, just sell your carrots or whatever. Oh my god. And, like, people love it. Like, it's sold so much. And it's just like, yeah. And I think about that game and I'm like, I would have a lot of fun. I would have so much fun. Just, like... Doing playing. that. Yeah. What are the graphics like? Like, that's the other thing. Like, how... Was there a step back from, like, weird realism? Yeah, it's also... it's It kind of just looks like a Nintendo game. It's, yeah, it's not like... That's hilarious. Yeah, it's not like, oh, super realistic carrot planting or whatever. Yeah, oh my god, like photorealistic vegetables and shit. Yeah, it's just like, no, here's a little pixelated thing and you just plant it. But, yeah, um, that's... Oh, that's what it is, the nostalgia market. Yeah, and like, a lot of like, there's some like new, new games coming out that like purposely are new games that have come out. I guess they're not new anymore, but um, that all sort of just act on that, where it's like, we're going to make it look like what we grew up playing. And it's kind of cool, but also, like, I'm really excited for some video games, and I'm really just, like, bummed out about other ones. Mm -hmm. Like, I was really excited um, for this game. Sorry we're talking about games, but this is like... No, 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 don't apologize um, at all. This is interesting. Um, there's this game that came out called, uh, The Division, and it's essentially, like, your character, and you can make him, or her, your character, uh, as a part of, like, this secret government agency that is trying to, like, fight off terrorism or something, and a, and a terrorist had, like, blown up a, a, a bomb that made Manhattan, like, just a war zone or something. It was, like, a biological thing. So it's, like, very much one of those, like weird government conspiracy or like mm-hmm. like a, it's like playing a jason bourne movie or something it's like playing mm-hmm. like a military movie mm-hmm. um but then i read this piece about it because i was like playing it and i was like this is kind of boring and also kind of weird and i can't get into it and i really got it so me and my brother could play together <laughs> while i was in california but um what i read this like really good article on the game where it's like with all of the stuff happening like with people described as thugs, you know, and, like, them getting killed by police and all this stuff, that game essentially puts you in that role, because the main enemies, as you walk through this almost 
uh, perfect recreation of Manhattan are like dudes in a hoodies with bandanas on who are looting. And then like the main game mechanic of that is that you kill those guys so you can loot the things they were looting. And it's just like, that's probably like subconsciously I was like, I, this is why I find it completely boring. I can't just keep doing the same thing. And like, I don't know. I mean, and it like gives you choice of like who you want to pursue, who, which bad guys you want to pursue. And I'm like, I don't want to pursue anybody that are stereotypically <laughs> dressed up as, thugs. yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's yeah. kind of. I'm I'm ready to just like sell that game to a guy. Like I'm not playing that anymore. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like it's interesting when like racist stereotypes are put into that context like where there's narrative purpose because beyond just being fucked up it's like oh once you put in that context it's fucking boring like it doesn't even make a good game it's not like oh i would have fun with this but it's like antithetical to like my beliefs it's like fuck you for like just doing this shit over and over again yeah yeah for real so yeah, I get the same thing with movies too. Like oh, yeah. about pe- about people dying. It's like I watched um, with my brother and um, his girlfriend and his and his family um, that movie with The Rock and Kevin Hart. Because I was like, no, is that Ride Along? No, no, it's like Ride Along, but it's called Central Intelligence. It just came out like a couple. Were the two of them not in Ride Along? No, it was Kevin Hart and Ice Cube in Ride, ride Along. Yeah. I thought they were in another... Whatever. Kevin Hart is <laughs> up right now. Yeah, he's, like, in every single movie. Um, but I was watching it, and it was, like, pretty funny. It was, like, entertaining for entertaining entertainment's sake, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, I counted all the people... I tried to, at least, count all the people that actually died on screen. And it was really interesting because it really wasn't that many. It was, like, just the main bad guy. Who did? I, I believe. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, but when I was like a kid or something and you watch an action movie, it's just like, the main characters are just like killing dudes like left and right, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's funny that like, or not funny, it's interesting that you talk about how like we were on this trajectory of this, but now we're like scaling it back a little bit because. Yeah. I mean. The real world. It's interesting to see, too, like, where violence or, like, notions of violence get kind of diverted, like, in different genres. Like, did you see The Lobster? Yes, I did. Well, so, yeah, like, I find, like, body horror stuff, like, really disturbing. But I was thinking about it, and I was just like, oh, like, this is, like, within like the spectrum of movies that I'll watch are like you know commercially like what my vibe is as like a movie goer yeah it's just weird like i don't maybe it's just particular to that director but the way like violence surfaces in these ways that it, there's almost sort of like an artisanal quality that's required of the violence like i don't think that not that like the same person who goes to see that movie is going to see like the White House got eaten by an alien starring Samuel L. Jackson or whatever. But yeah. Like the way, you know, like, the way the way violence appears and, like, what it's meant to represent, 
I think is like, I don't, this isn't like a fully formed thought, but I, I, I do think it's, it's popping up in an aesthetically different way. And like, it has to justify itself in a way that's almost symbolic rather than like straightforward, like plot stuff. Like the way death worked in the lobster was more like the, the transformation of the animal thing is like hanging over people's head, like more than death is. Yeah. But I don't really know. I don't know what that means. And I don't think we can like speak to one market and we can't speak to like one genre, but it is just kind of like, I don't know. I certainly don't feel like my relationship to violence as a consumer has changed in a way that I've been keeping track of, but it also like, I feel like has changed a lot. And with, with you playing video games, that's really interesting to me because there's an interactive element. Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't know, I don't know. I'm sure there are like so many studies done on like, how violence is portrayed in like this kind of cinema whatever i i like what you said about the lobster and violence and that too because like that movie at times was just like horrifying like with the when he breaks his nose for the yeah yeah i was like stop i like freaked out yeah, and it, like, comes out of nowhere, like, in a snap. Yeah. And then there's a moment where he, like, I think it's the same character, who, like, just tries to fist fight John C. Riley, and it's like, this is the silliest oh, yes. thing I've ever seen. This is, and, like, Colin Farrell's like, just stop. And he's, like, getting all tussled up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so weird. Yeah, and in that moment where it's actual men literally fighting, it's totally silly. But when it's a man who's like, I need to make my nose bleed, and the violence the real violence with which he like slams his head against the side of pool of the pool slams his head on the table all of a sudden like the violence in that like gesture you can tell they amplify the sound everything is like shot differently like the angle like how close we are to his face when he does that versus like this is what fighting amongst people is versus like this kind of like self destruction yeah that's that's something I'd love to like delve into like for a couple of days, but I don't know if I'm smart enough, but it's like really interesting to look at it that way. Mainly it's more fun instead of like being smart enough or like looking up stuff about it because and this is one thing that has helped me since Manhattanville. It's like I could just like lay there and uh, like sort of a half-assed like meditative state and like think about something and i'd probably come up with something that made sense to like me which would be cool (laughs) (laughs) but oh man yeah dude that's like a real cool way to look at it did i see what dog tooth it's a movie by it's that same is that the one is that the one where like the dude traps his family in the house yeah yeah i did see that yeah yeah so it's like it's kind of the same thing where like that violence fucking terrified me yeah it's oh man it that when i first i like love that movie and it was like i think it took me a couple months at least to like process why and i and part of it was like that like the the way that like that's how it should i mean 
this sounds really weird, but I like if you're gonna depict violence in a way, it should be in a way where like if you're seeing someone get hurt, you're like terrified. You're, you know what I mean? Like I agree, I agree. It's not no like I mean to borrow your phrase from earlier. Nobody should be like getting off on it. Everyone should be like pretty scared of it, and that's why I that's why I like technically dislike those movies. Like I enjoy thinking about them, but I hate watching them because they're so uncomfortable. Yeah, same. I feel the same way. It's like, if I were to watch that movie again, and I'd like, you know, because I can't remember it, um, like, too vividly right now, but I know, like, watching it, my mind would be like, okay, this is when this happens, this is when this happens. Mm-hmm. I know I'd be like, oh, fuck, like, this next part is going to happen. And I'm yeah. not really ready. I'll just, like, get ready to do this, like, cringe move, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I'd I cover my <laughs> Yeah? I, like, do this talk. thing. I like. I turn away a little bit, like close the eye that's closest to the screen, and like still look. <laughs> yeah. But what were you saying? Keep going. Sorry. Oh no! I just like think it's it, that's super interesting. Like um, when violence is depicted in that manner, where it's like, I don't know, you're where you're scared and like worried and like where, I guess where violence means something because I think. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything in media sometimes. Oh, yeah. I think that when... And I think the the real-life thing is a good connection, too, because when it's like, okay, so we are now officially accustomed to police violence. We're aware of the demographics that are, like, subjected to that violence disproportionately. Just, like... Abs- or, or I say we, but, you know, I mean, that's obviously, yeah. like, shaky. But, anyway, you and I as consumers, let's just take a small sample size that we can be accurate about. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you and I and the people we hang out with are aware of, like, what that looks like, then, like you said, why would we go to a representation of it that is not only hollow, but like a user is meant to fill that hollow space and recreate that violence. It's insane. Yeah. Like, and that's what, and that's what a lot of these movies are like, again, like I haven't really seen like a born movie or any of that in recent memory, but that's what those are asking you to do too. Um, like they're just asking you to look at a not really developed character. Like what is the born thing? He like doesn't have a memory, but he's like a super agent dude. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> okay, okay, so it's like, we're gonna make so many movies in a row, and, like, you just, like, kinda project your stuff onto, like, Matt Damon. He kills everyone, and has, like, he's, he's like, the anti-Bond, James Bond, whatever. Yeah. It's the same thing, and it's just not, like, that impressive. No one gave a shit about, like, the most recent Mission Impossible. I yeah. know that I'm inflating all these things, and there's some, there's some purist out there that's probably like, no, like... Mission Tom Impossible totally is great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, but yeah, but I think that that doesn't mean, and for a long time I was like, oh, that means I'm not like interested in depictions of violence. I'd rather not see a violent movie. Turns out like I'm still pretty disturbed by like depictions of violence, but exactly like what you said, like once violence is inscribed meaning again, it's not just this weird hole in the movie I'm watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, this is cool. That's like we're having a cool. I haven't talked about movies like this in a really long time. I'm really happy. 
welcome. You know, I'll be, I'll be here all day. Um, but the also, I think that like like sexuality, I think it we can like draw similar conclusions about like the way it's depicted versus like the way it's depicted popularly, and then like in kind of like highbrow whatever movies, because like in Dogtooth, that's obviously a thing, and in the yeah. Lobster like commentary on love and sexuality and like separation of those things with the violence I find like really interesting. And this director clearly like has a thing that they're like circling around. Yeah. Whatever the work. But. That's true. That's like, that's like, I, I think one of those things, like I was saying when I, after I watched Dogtooth, I was like, I need a couple of months to like process what mm-hmm. I just saw. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's still like I'm still trying to process like those aspects like um the sexuality of of it all even in the lobster like Mm -hmm. I I remember I was watching it and like you know how that uh woman comes in to just like grind on dudes yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) which is like and in the moment I was like this is funny like this is like weird and funny and you know Mm -hmm. uh quirky or whatever um but now talking to you and I'm like thinking about it, I'm like that, sure it's like played for a laugh, like face value, but there's something like about that yeah. that I really want to like try and explore, but I'd probably have to like just sit outside on my deck and like smoke a bunch of cigarettes and be like, yeah. let me think about this. Um, I mean, one thing I think that, that's worth sort of mulling over is that she is just referred to as the maid. She's mm-hmm. not given... I feel like there are there are movies that would give her kind of like a dystopian title, like, oh, this is our, like, uh, cleaning and, like, sexual services specialist. And, that, and that's one thing I think that's funny about, like, sci-fi in general. They're like, let's give a title for like that we believe actually describes like how this role will be sort of like understood in the future or or our future, whatever. But then when she is just the maid, but she's also like given this like other sort of like unspoken about duty, like, like none of the, none of the guys are like, Oh, when the, when the maid came in, Uh it's just like this sort of, it's this thing that's not really included in like, their knowledge of of what her job is and like not discussed amongst themselves and i think that there's there's something i mean there's obviously i could be like reading too much into it but i think that that has to be a deliberate choice where it's like oh there's a there's a labor attached to certain roles that isn't discussed, but that is assumed is part of their routine as much as anything else. And you can say that she's the maid and you can say that she cleans the rooms, but we all know what she's supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Especially when she's like, Oh, that was good. That was like, you, like you got erect like faster today than you usually do. Like, that's very good. And so it shows like her, not just complicity and not even because like all of these like slight nuanced things like when I talk about them individually don't seem like that crazy but like altogether it's like 
It's work she knows she has to do. It's work that she does as a service person, not as a service person taken advantage of by men. Yeah. Which like is she, weird. Yeah. What do you mean weird? I'm not to, like... I felt like my tone was really strange there. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird because... Well, okay, so I think it's, like, this guy's style. The things he chooses to make weird and chooses to not make weird. Because in another movie, this would be about... This could be about a bunch of men taking advantage of the maid. And that's, like, an aspect of it. And, like, taking advantage of these women. But the maid sort of performing this labor that it again is not quite like illicit but is still like not discussed yeah is like something that's sort of inflicted upon them to control the way in which they express sexuality like when they were punished for masturbating it's yeah. like yeah yeah like you will get like an erection today you will not ejaculate. We have a, a someone who offers that service for you. So all of these things like must be done in a certain way, like under the purview of our services. But we're also not going to go out of the way to be like, oh, and we have like a separate like boner rubber lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh man, that movie... I feel like we could talk about that movie or that guy's movies like forever. Like, yeah, I, and it's weird because I like kind of hate them, but I could talk a lot about them. Yeah, hate them, hate them because of the violent stuff, or just like because they're strange. Uh, well, okay, so they're not—they're just not really my vibe. Like, I'm not happy when <laughs> I'm watching them. Okay, so here's the thing, I. I went, so I went to see, I went, I went on kind of like a funny double date to see it. I was with, I was with my boyfriend and one of my really good friends and his girlfriend. And so like, it would be weird enough going as a couple to that movie, but it was like two. And like two of us had like, my boyfriend and I had been dating since like, like the spring and, Uh and my friend Adam and his girlfriend hadn't like started dating like, I want to say, like, two weeks before. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I know. So, it's just, like, weird. But, so, we went in there, and we were watching it, and I was just, like, I don't know. Wait, I'm explaining why I hated it? Yeah. Is that what I'm doing? Yeah. Okay. So, that was, like, its own separate weird vibe. But... I like to, so, and I explained, like, before we went in, I was like, oh, I think this is going to be kind of like that Mark Duplass, like, sci-fi movie, like, the one I love. Like, I thought it was going to be like that. Have you seen that? I haven't. I've been told to watch it. But it's it. good. It is not, it is not this director. It's like, I think it's directed by Mark Duplass. So yeah. it's, like, actually funny. And, like, the ways in which, but, like, just weird enough. And mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, this is going to be unnerving but like it will not be my undoing yeah and then and then when i went into that movie like i was like oh god like i know there's going to be body horror because it has that vibe yeah and i didn't yet know that it was the same director so Mm. i I don't think i would have gone if i'd known (laughs) but 
Because because dog tooth freaks me the fuck out. Like as soon as he starts, and I remember these images vividly without really remembering the movie. Dog tooth, I saw like five, like years ago. Yeah, and as soon yeah. as he starts like beating the fuck out of that kid with the VHS thing taped on his hand, I'm yeah. just like we're in a different world. Like no one's gonna hold back based on like somebody not getting hurt. Like yeah. no one's gonna be like, oh, I don't want to kill you, so I won't hit you too hard. They're just gonna be like, I'm gonna hit you so hard, like eleven times. Um, yeah it's terrible it's terrible it's hard to yeah. watch and so yeah as soon as he like broke his nose I was like fuck and then <laughs> and then or not he's not even breathing he just wants to bleed but it's still yeah. horrible and, yeah. and then um when what was it oh yeah they get out into the woods and they're all the loners and they're like Oh, there's something called the red kiss where if two people kiss, then like they get their lips slapped. Yeah. Or the red intercourse, which oh, we know what that means based on what we just said about the red kiss. And I'm just like, now you're holding this over me. You are threatening me with this scene of slashed genitals because I know you'll do it. I know yeah. you will. And then they don't. And I'm just like. I wasted my whole time being afraid of this shit, and I've just been, like, in fear this whole time. And it all builds up to him about to do the Tiresias thing, like, blind himself, because, like, Greek director, I get it, like, everyone's changing into animals, and he's about to blind, like, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, I'm just, and, but I, that was, there are enough things where I'm like, oh, I liked that decision the director made. But, like, I really liked the decision not to see him blind himself or not, because my guess was that he is not going to blind himself, and he's going to pretend that he's blind, just like the guy that pretended to get bloody noses. Yeah. But so, all of this is to say that I hate it for a purely emotional, like, gut reason. There is no aesthetic or narrative decision, really, that I disliked. And that's why it's so hard, because it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It just doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. So what's your vibe, then? What's, like... Um, what's the new Ghostbusters what? that just came out today? Oh, my God. I wish that was my vibe. I wish <laughs> I could Ghostbusters and be happy. I probably could. I, I probably could. I, I feel um, like... I don't know what, what it's about, but... I mean, I know what the movie... I know what the Ghostbusters is about, but I don't know what... <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know what my mental thing is about, where it's, like, when I thought about watching that movie, it was more so, like, I'm gonna watch it, but I have to do it in secret, and I have to do it alone, like, just in case. Because it's, like, dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Dumb in quotes. They they won't see that part, but dumb in quotes you did. Right, right, right. Yeah, Yeah, I actually don't, I don't think it's actually dumb, but it's, like... A silly movie. I watched I'm, Bridesmaids by myself, and I was just like, oh, this is dumb. But then I was like, I'm laughing so hard at this, and yeah. I don't care. Yeah, I feel like I need to be able to have that experience alone. And I was talking to <laughs> a friend on the way back from Philadelphia at, like, 3 in the morning. I was like, I think I'm going to watch Ghostbusters on Friday. He's like, yo, call me. And I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to call you. I need to I need to do this on my own. <laughs> <laughs> like, there are... There are a couple movies that I went to go see by myself simply for that reason. And one of them is the X-Men movie that came out. I saw that. <gasps> oh my yeah. god, is it good? It's good when you see it by yourself. 
and don't know a goddamn thing about the X-Men, which is me. Um, and then I saw the... This is embarrassing, too. Um, actually, probably more embarrassing than almost crying a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> but uh, I saw the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles oh, no. in 3D alone. And that was that was definitely an experience that Can you do the glasses? Do you does that work for you? Um it does. I have to sit like far back enough. I'm not wearing my glasses right now because mm-hmm. um they kind of give me a headache if I wear them all day. I only wear them when I go out. Mm-hmm. Um, but in movie theaters I can't wear my glasses, but when I do the 3D glasses I can't wear my glasses and I have to sit like super far away because if I'm like in the middle or close, I'm dead. Okay. Like, yeah. Maybe that's my problem. I tried with Avatar um, oh. to, do, to do the glasses, and I was like, we were late, so I was like very, very close, and I put the glasses on, and I was like, this blows. This is the worst. And I just watched it all out of focus, because the putting the glasses on just put them out of focus in like a different way. So I was probably too yeah. close. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge thing. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's, so what's the last like what's the last like movie that you really liked on all levels like aesthetically, intellectually, emotionally oh, like also dude. made you feel good? Such a long time ago. It was I think I believe oh come on Paul where's your brain at? Okay, I believe Audrey and I had broken up for real this time. It was like right after that, right after we had- Are you guys broken up for is that what that means that you guys are still broken up? Yeah, yeah. But now we're pretty good friends, which is great. Okay, but, cool. Yeah. Um, so I was like just, you know, watching Netflix alone, being being that person. And I watched um, Upstream Color. Oh! And that's the last movie that really just, like, blew me away. I haven't seen it yet, but it's the primer guy, right? Yeah, yeah. It's really good, and it's like... It's about relationships, really. It's also kind of creepy and weird. And there's, like, its own... And, like, there are parts of it where it's, like, the first couple, like, 30 minutes almost feel like a horror movie. And then the next couple minutes feel like this weird science fiction thing. Mm -hmm. And then the next couple minutes is, like, it's about this relationship that's happening. And then there's one moment that's just, like an homage to, like, sound design (laughs) in movies, which is, like, insane. But also, I was like, wow, this is getting me off on the nerdiest level. Like, this Mm -hmm. moment. And I'm pretty sure if other people watched it, like, friends of mine that know, they'd be like, let's just... When I watch this movie again, I skip through that part. I'm pretty sure they'd say that. Because it's, like, a guy, like, rubbing... I remember this vividly, like, rubbing the side of, like, a sewer grate Mm -hmm. and just recording it with a microphone. And it's like making these really weird noise and I was, noises. And I was listening to it with headphones, so those noises are super loud in your ear. Mm-hmm. And it's really strange and unnerving. And I was like, this is really great. But I would say it's like the overall theme is like it's about weird relationships. There's like this one scene in it where the, the couple in the movie are talking. And um, they're like explaining, oh, did I ever tell you the story that happened to me when I was a kid? And then it just, like, keeps cutting. And then it's, like, the the boy is telling the story. And then now the girl is telling the same story. And then, like, that little vignette ends with them being, like, why are you doing this? You always do this. This is my story. It's not your story. 
That's, that's mm. from my childhood. It's not from your childhood. Because, like, there's weird science fiction stuff going on. But, like, I thought that was, like, really great because it made me think about being with Audrey. Not in a <clears throat> negative way, but, like, oh, we've dated for this many years and we've experienced this many things together. And when we go hang out with people, because we're less of, like, two separate people, now we're basically, like, one person because we always go out together. Who tells the story about the funny thing that happened on the way to Six Flags? Mm. Is it her or me? It's, like, the the weird way, like, people become intertwined in relationships where it's, like... Have you ever been in that situation? Like, you're at a party or something, and then... Um, it's either you, like, I don't, it, it's okay if you don't want to talk about it. It's, like, in oh, your no, personal totally. experience. But no, it's no, just, no. like, hey, tell them about this thing that happened. And it's just, like, okay, so it's the boyfriend's turn or the girlfriend's turn to tell this story. Or then it's, like, or they go to you and they're, like, oh, can you tell, you tell the story so much better. You tell. But it's, like, your yeah. story. It's, like, your yeah. Every, you know, every relationship I've been in, it's, like, that was, like, significant it's just like, well, usually, so in that situation, like, if something comes up that happened to both of us, like, they're usually, like, with me, because I think you experienced this, like, what you were saying with Audrey, like, if we go out, like, we're together. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, well, like, the other day, we. And it's so mm -hmm. much easier, like, when you're together, because it's just like, I know, I know what part of, I know, well, some, I was going to say, I know when I stopped directly experiencing something in the story and, like, the the sort of focus of the experience transferred to them. Like, oh, we went here, but then, like, that guy turned to you and said, like, you mm -hmm. know, like, you sort of know when to switch off like that. And, like, what I'll often do when, like, I'm sort of, like, in charge, like, I'll hand it off when it when somebody else has experienced, like, the next part of the story... And I do feel awkward when they're like, oh, no, you tell it. And I'm like, oh, but that part happened to you. And yeah. they're like, right, but, like, just keep going. It's it's weird. And, like, that's such a positive way to look at it. Because every time that's happened to me in my significant relationships, I'm like, and this is something I need to work on on my own, being a single person, is, like, how do I just get over myself? It's like, no, I want to tell, tell them, like, the story. Like, let me, you know? you don't do it well, or, like, I, I just like to talk when I'm in, like, that party setting, or, like, you know, um, ask yeah. me questions. I want to be, like, the center of attention for a second. It's well, that makes sense when you were talking about, like, your insecurity with being able to talk. Like, once you're in sort of, like, a groove, I imagine it's hard to, like, disrupt that when you're feeling so good about, like, progress you're making in situations like that. Yeah. But... Yeah, that that's that's the last movie. Now that we're to get back to the question, yeah, that was the last movie. Oh I yeah, yeah, where I was like, "Whoa, this is great! I love this! I love every second of this." It, that was the last one. Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I saw, I was going to the the like the movie theater proper like a decent amount of time just because like there's a little there's a little kind of like more art house type deal with like couches and like cup holders and shit in Providence yeah. called cable car. And like they, they show 
like the newer like not blockbuster thing although come to think of it the stuff i saw there was not good like it felt cool to go there but then i was like ugh, i'm annoyed at this documentary about a food critic in la um (laughs) but (laughs) like so unbelievably annoyed um but i went to a really good movie called embrace of the serpent Uh uh-huh did you hear about that at all i have i have not it's so basically it's based on the only two accounts of um like traveling through the amazon and it's two i'm pretty sure it's like a german dude and an english or or american dude or something and Mm -hmm. they gave all the but but the the thing is the the production company is colombian yeah and like everyone like it's not like a bunch of white people making a movie about indigenous people. It's closer to being like far more like indigenous people involved in the production of this and being about like indigenous people, like dealing with the dumbass white people that like come in and like fuck shit up. Um, but it also didn't do like that noble savage bullshit where it's like, this is the dignity of the indigenous person and we will never understand. Like it's, it was like, fucking incredible like just speaking sort of loosely as we were earlier about like agency uh-huh. being in the hands of people of color versus like white people or whatever like nothing it wasn't about like a white person like understanding like the value of an indigenous way of life it wasn't that i was so worried it was going to be that and um but definitely look it up like embrace of the serpent it was yeah. It was, like, a very legit movie. It scared the shit out of me, too. Like, it it has, like, a really scary part. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks for the warning. Yeah. You'll, you'll know it when it's, like, kind of about to happen. But uh. it's more scary, like, oh, my God, the depths of, like, humanity are sometimes rotten and horrible. And not, like, boo. Oh, okay. That's... Yeah. Oftentimes, the scarier of the two. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. the the boo is not that that scary. Yeah, right. there's some boo as well, but yeah, this is more just like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been it's been a while. We could keep talking if you want, but what uh, time is it? That's the only thing. I think. What time in real life, or how long? What time in real life is on the clock? Um, 6.20. 6.20. I can talk for a little bit. I might go outside and, like, smoke a cigarette. Yeah, let's. we could end the recording now. I mean, like, I have more than enough. That's what I'm saying. That's like, true. Uh, yeah. We have a lot of material. I know, but I've, just, I've been enjoying hanging out with you so much, and I still have the book you lent me. I am going to return it to you. Oh my gosh, you I do? I still have our big, big life. Dude, I I still have your book. Um, the thing is, okay, here's what I wanted to do. I was like, okay, I really want to read this book, but like, I don't know any of the bands, blah, blah, blah. But, and I still kind of don't, but I feel like at this point, like, I've listened to enough Sonic Youth. Mm-hmm. Or, who else is in the book? Damn it. Um, okay. Bad. Before before we end, and I'll just call you on the phone, and we could keep having a regular conversation. Okay. But um, before we end this, the only band you need to listen to from that book is called The Minutemen. 
and that's oh literally... yeah, I know the Minutemen. Yeah. Really, okay, I am ready to read yeah. the book. That's I literally the only it. chapter. Like, I honestly stopped reading after that chapter because it was almost like reading. Of uh, I like it's nonfiction, obviously, but I was so engrossed in that story of them, and the way it ended, I was like, wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and but like knowing about like Mike Watt and stuff, like. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's that part is my favorite part of the book, and it's that would it's usually when uh, people ask me about books about music or when I start talking about that book, I'm like, this is the, really like just read that chapter if you don't want to buy it, like find it in a bookstore mm-hmm. or a library and read that, like sit there and mm-hmm. read it and like really get it, you know? That's like. Yeah. Because, like, I listened to a lot of Black Flag, and then reading the Black Flag chapter, I was like, okay, yeah, sure. But then, like, yeah, um, the Minutemen chapter really got me. Did you listen to the Mike Watt interview with Mark Marin? No, I didn't. There's one? There's one of that? You should definitely listen. I feel like my voice got real embarrassing there, because I was excited. But Yeah, no, yeah. it's a great conversation. Um, and again, like, I'm, I'm like, not super you know i i didn't come upon any of this honestly it was shown to me um that's okay and, but but i really i thought it was a very sweet conversation um and i think you'd really enjoy it and i think i don't know how often you listen to mark Marin podcasts but i mean i guess sort of the the vibe there is that like oh these are famous people and like so inherently this conversation is like elevated or whatever but i think that it could like it could give you a lot of ideas especially like the Robin Williams one is really good. Oh, Obviously, I did listen to that. Yeah. Oh my god, so good. I I was working in a corporate office while I was listening to that, just like delivering mail, so I had like my headphones in, and I was just like mm-hmm. delivering like people's packages. And then like at one point, I turned the corner and just like started crying. It was just like, this is bumming me out a little bit, and like really it's getting... It's so sad. Yeah. It's so sad. Like, yeah. every, like so many things he said about like mental illness and like depression and shit, I was just like... Oh, Robin, like, yeah. Dismissed. Yeah. Yeah. But um, before I stop recording and we can c- continue this conversation uh-huh. off, the, off the books, is there anything you want to say to anybody that made it this far? Uh, thanks and sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. I'm going to call you in like five seconds. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the episode. Thanks to everybody who subscribed thus far, and if you haven't yet, you can do so on iTunes by searching Dear Stranger, Dear Stranger and Friend, or my name, Paul Masbad, M-A-S-B-A-D. I want to thank Alex again for doing this. really meant a lot to me. Thanks so much. I wish you all the luck in your graduate program. I don't really know what happens there, but I just hope you are doing well. Okay. Anyway, until next time, when I climb the ladder in front of thousands of people after laying out five other men to crown myself Mr. Money in the Bank, I have been Paul Masbeck. And next week on Dear Stranger and Friend. If you put a bunch of ignorant white men together, like it just becomes like a fuck up. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they're just... They're literally like 
stroking their own fucking dicks off the fact that like they're around other men who are doing the same thing you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah definitely <laughs> 